0: EFTM
1: Take
2: Lifestyle. This is the EFTM Podcast with Trevor Long. EFTM Thank you for listening, thank you for downloading. Lovely to have your company. Um doing the show Standing Up. You know, I bought the, <laughs> I bought standing desks for the office two years ago when I moved here and I don't reckon I've used them much. And you know what? It's better. I'm just gonna say it's better. I like standing up. I like standing up at my computer. Now and then, I still sit down the majority of the time. There's something freeing about standing up. But um, I think it's also helpful when I'm talking to be standing up. So um, thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. Lovely to have your company here on the EFTM podcast. Travel along with you. If you've got a tech question or you want to talk about um, cars or gadgets or something cool you've bought or are thinking of buying, uh, get in touch. Go to the website, EFTM.com. We've got Click Frenzy on now. Uh, we've got Black Friday next week. All this leading up to Christmas. It's an epic time to be a consumer, uh, deals going around. Um, and the way I understand it, all, all the companies are going to make it so much easier for you to buy. Uh, even the uh, bricks-and-mortar retail stores are going to work hard to ensure that it's also almost frictionless and, and, and simple to buy from them um, it doesn't have to just be the online kind of click-and-go experience. In fact, I understand, and I won't go into too much detail about this without verifying, but I understand that um, – Some major retailers will allow you to, you know, look at something on the internet and go, oh, that's interesting. And then ring the store and go, hang on a minute, do a better deal. And they will then, like, text message you a link to an updated shopping cart which has the discounted deal. Because you know how you negotiate in a store? A lot of people will and do. And you might save 3%, 5%, 10%, who knows? Um, But. You also might you might prefer that retailer because of the way they do shipping or whatever. So if you can get a matched price or something like that, that's pretty cool. So I understand that will be possible and that'll be uh, well worth checking out over the little time ahead. There is a lot to talk about this week. Uh, everything from gaming to uh, luxury jets to new iPhones and uh, expensive headphones. Plus a few people on the line I got to get to on their calls. I'm um, I'm struggling to get to a few people because they're in Western Australia and. I'm I don't, Maybe I need to switch to the afternoon recording. I try and get this done by 11 o'clock in the morning. I'm thinking I might need to start at midday so that I don't have the time zone issues of Western Australia. I don't like I don't like ringing people at 7 or 8 in the morning. I feel it needs to have an 8.30 or later kind of caveat. So anyway, that's where I'm at right now. Good times, classic hits and great rock and roll. Uh, you're listening to the EFTM podcast. Well, I just want to tell you about something I wrote about on EFTM and I thought, what? Well, I thought two things. What a massive wank and I thought, what a massive flex. And, you know, I'm going to err on the ladder there because why the hell wouldn't you? Now, let's all just dream for a minute. You know, you know when those $80 million lottos are on, you get to dream about what you do with it. Let's all just dream for a minute. Let's assume we had stacks of cash. Let's assume we were in the market for a private jet. Uh, Embraer have a private jet which sells uh, more than any light jet on the planet. And it's only 50 or 60 a year, but it's like a $10 million aircraft. Um, and I got, I got an email telling me about what Porsche had done. Now, I'll talk a in a minute about that Porsche experience I had down at Sydney Airport. But just for imagine a I minute, mean, imagine you're spending $12, $13 million on a, on a private jet. And then you go, you know what? Sure, I'll dip in an extra six hundred grand. Give me a Porsche 911 Turbo S. Um, but I want them to match. Now, here's how deep this partnership goes. I think there's only 10 of them, so 10 jets, 10 cars, one of 10. Imagine having one of 10. So you get a car and a jet, and they look the same. They've got similar paint jobs. Um, The car, I think, and jet share embroidery or embossed logos, not Porsche, not Embraer, this kind of fancy logo they've created for the partnership on the seats, Um, obviously it's limited edition, so there's that. You get a watch, which has an altimeter kind of horizon guide on the stopwatch built into it, just a a virtual one painted on. Um, You get luggage for the car. Like, you'd be one of 10 people with that luggage. But here's my favourite thing about this. This is the ultimate flex. So you're driving down, let's say you're in Sydney, you're on Southern Cross Drive, you're in Brisbane on the uh, airport link, or you're in Melbourne on the Tullamarine, right? You're driving down and you flick the spoiler up on the on the 911, and the people behind you see the rego of your plane. So you got your rego plate in its normal position, but underneath the wing, it's blue, and in white writing is the rego of your plane. I mean that is, but then on the key in your pocket, the rego is also on each side of the key. I just think that is now there's only 10 of them so it's not really a difficult thing for them to do but it's, it's purely bespoke and it just made me think out. the other half I don't think it's the other half it's, it's the upper point one. <laughs> Imagine, just imagine so and it did it came at a timely um, moment for me because I had only just done um, the Porsche launch control experience down at Sydney Airport now when I was invited to this I was like wow you what? you want me to drive a Porsche on Sydney Airport? yes I'll be there Cancelled something else just to do that, um, because this is money can't buy, once in a lifetime opportunity stuff. Now, Porsche don't put on these events for Trevor Long. They don't put them on just for the media. They put them on for their customers. So Porsche Centre Sydney uh, coordinated this whole thing where they were able to hire one runway on Sydney Airport because there's no traffic, right? There's no airplanes flying. Not enough of them to need the third runway or a second runway even, because one of the, run- the east-west runways covered in Qantas planes. So the 16L 34R runway, which is the third runway that goes out into Botany Bay, the the newest of the three runways there, was stopped to all air traffic. And there was a bunch of Porsche 911 turbos um, set up and tested. And I think 48 or 50 exclusive Porsche clients were invited along. Now, these are people who are, I they've got their names down for Porsche 911, they've bought a Porsche 911 in the past, um, or they're just such top tier clients that they're going to get invited along. So they went in after us, but the experience they got was the same. It was, you know, go through security vetting, and then there's a like a uh, Melbourne Cup marquee with catering and a Porsche 911 Turbo in it. And then you get sh- uh, shuttled out to the uh, uh, runway in a, in a Porsche Cayenne. You get dropped off, and you get to drive with an instructor um, who's, you know, experienced race car driver. You get to drive from zero to 240-odd in 400 metres and experience the brutality of launch control then loop around, come back again and just give a little squirt at the line, go 1,000 metres and we were able to top 300 kilometres an hour. It was the best experience I've had in a very long time. It's going to be hard to top, um, but it was awesome. It was, that was a that was kind of the other half-living thing because there are people, everyday people, who buy Porsches, good on them. Um, but man, it was awesome. Like, you know, I used to fly a lot, so I haven't seen that runway in a while. And you know my favourite thing about it, standing on the runway waiting to get my turn actually sat down and knelt down and felt the runway, and the runway is quite corrugated. The concrete on a runway is very, very corrugated. It's like one inch of, of um, concrete and then a gutter of about half a, half a centimetre or a centimetre wide and about half a centimetre, centimetre deep, and then another inch. It just made me appreciate how hard it is to lay runway but it's because you want the water to flow off the runway, right? You don't want water pooling on the runway. So it's an unbelievably corrugated surface to the point where the cars made this whirring sound. I'm like, is that the turbo? No, that's the, that's the sound of the tires going 200 and something kilometers an hour on an airport runway. It was awesome. The full video of that experience, uh, as best I could do because we weren't allowed to take cameras onto the runway. They were, which used provided vision and whatnot. Um, is up at EFTM.com and our YouTube channel, youtube.com forward slash EFTM online. Jump on there and hit subscribe if you're a YouTube lover. Um, It's lovely to get those extra subs and and to have people enjoy and share that content. Um, To be honest, even though I've been doing this for a long time, I'm still struggling to find my feet on platforms. Um, And as a side note, people in the man cave on Facebook, if you're a Facebook fan, uh, forward slash EFTM, facebook.com forward slash EFTM. The group is called The Man Cave. Jump in, have a chat. There's lots of people there. Great people, all willing to share stories and help each other out. Um, I was having this conversation there about whether or not I should set up a WhatsApp group. But you can only have 200 people, in a, 250 people in a WhatsApp group. So that died in the house pretty quickly. And Then I thought, maybe I'll do text message. Now, there was enough people, at least 20 or 30% of people going, yeah, no, 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 mate. text message is private. I don't want your rubbish there. But see, the challenge for me, here's my challenge. and This is the challenge of all publishers, but certainly the smaller publishers like me, where, you know, you're not getting a million people a month, so that kind of mass isn't there. You build a a loyal, strong audience following, you know, 16,403 people on Facebook right now. That's not a thing I keep in my head. It's on a sign on the wall. Um, Thousands of people in an email database. um, Thousands of people following on other social platforms. But you put out a piece of content and it goes to, it goes to, Five or ten percent of those people, and I don't know that people realise this. But if and if you click like on a page on Facebook, so let's just use EFTM as an example, you've stumbled across these podcasts. You click like on the EFTM page. That doesn't mean you see everything we publish. Ten percent of people see what we publish. So on a good day, two or three thousand people see an article on Facebook that we publish, not sixteen thousand. And it's it's stupid because all those people chose to click that button but they don't get the choice to see the content. So to, to genuinely see the content, you have to go in, you have to go to the EFTM Facebook page, you have to click the three little dots, you have to click, I think, follow details and there's a sub-menu that says you want to you want to favourite the site. It's, it's made bloody hard for you to see what I create uh, and for me to get to you. And so that's what I'm grappling with is this kind of instant, like, you know, I would pay, five, six cents per SMS to send it out to thousands and thousands of people because I know that they would click and they would read. And I wouldn't send SMS about every article. It'd be like, oh, the iPhone review, let's do that. The Xbox and PlayStation review, let's do that. Not because Realme announced a phone or because, you know, EFM have this cool new charging case. No, no. The, the top tier content, you know, it might be 10% of our content, but you push that out. That's what I want people to see. And it's, it's a massive punish because we here in Australia, are punished by being in Australia. We're not in the global audience of YouTube. So to get traction on YouTube, for the same, like I publish a YouTube video, there's probably 30 of them globally on um, on the iPhone, for example. But the American uh, publishers get all the all the views because they have the algorithm seeked in their favor because they've gained such audience because they are American. What we need is these companies, is this ACCC rubbish that's going on. What we need is the ACCC to force those those companies like Facebook and Google to push Australian content more, push Australian content to the top of the search. The algorithm should be that when you search for iPhone 12 mini or iPhone 12 mini review, Stephen Fennick, Trevor Long, Jen Dudley, Nicholson, Chris Griffith, all the people that reviewed that phone this morning, should be the first four items. But it's hard for a small publisher to be in that list because you know Chris and Jen, for example, News and and the Oz there. They're up there featured I can get it because I have nine no news but eftm and tech it's very hard to push that up the list and it's not just about seo it's just about the algorithm and the and the i guess the quality of the other sites like seen it in the verge they're massive right but shouldn't australians be reading australian content anyway i've rambled on <laughs> i'd be I'd welcome your views eftm.com click ask trev let me know what you think eftm this is the eftm podcast eftm Trevor along with you let's keep going with calls g'day michael How are you going, Trev? yeah real good mate what can i do for
0: you yeah well uh, i th- wanted to buy one of these new um ipad airs and uh rather than fork out all the cash i was trying to get on a plan over a couple of years and um i've, I've got a, um i used to have a plan with telstra years ago and i ported it off there due to work because i've had my phone go over to them and uh so i didn't have a plan with them and uh, so i thought oh, i'll buy one online they had one at a reasonable sort of rate um, over two years so i'll go for that and i um asked for it and uh it was actually just before victoria opened up and uh and uh, they said uh, i ordered it online and with that got the confirmation and uh then they said, oh, you have to go down to your local Telstra store to identify yourself. I said, oh, that's a bit odd. Okay. Oh. So, and I thought, basic, they're all closed. Um, they're all closed here in Melbourne. And I um, thought, can't do that. Um, so, eventually contacted them. They said, no, you can't go down there. And as it turned out, a couple of days later, they did open up. Huh. So, so. Bit weird, but anyway. So, so I go down to the Telstra store and they go, Your, your account's fine. It's perfectly fine. There's nothing wrong with it. Um, oh, it looks like somebody might have actually done something to it, but we'll, we'll okay. But we haven't got any of those iPads in stock. Uh, you are best to go home and uh, order it online. So, great. Cheers. Okay. <laughs> so, great customer service. And like, okay. Well, it's there for an hour going through all the rigmarole. Come back and order again. And then they declined it again. I go, What's wrong with it now? And um, after three hours of my life on the chat to Telstra, because for some reason you can't ring Telstra. Because <laughs> How good um, text
2: message chat with a robot come person.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And well, once you get past it, the um, the robot chat, you actually eventually got hold of a person. They said um, after three hours, and the, the responses are pretty late between between you do you do a response and they come back after a while, yeah. and um, they uh, said. Oh, because you haven't an account for um, with Telstra over uh, currently, and you haven't an account for more than six months, you can't buy any um, device on on a plan. I go, that's odd. Um, so, and I said, is, is this just me, or is this everyone? He says no, this is everyone. Uh, no one, no one can actually buy if you don't have an account with Telstra for more than six months. You can't buy any devices on a plan, which I thought was bizarre and. Yeah. And um, so I put a complaint in Telstra, they come back and said, no, that's the case. that's, that's, that's the case. you can't buy any devices. So anyway, I, I mean I used to work for Telstra. Um, uh, I'm an IT professional. I actually do call centers for a living. Um, so I, I thought I found it interesting. That's what I thought I'd um, um, report to you. I thought you'd find it interesting. And the fact that you guys have been sort of uh, working with um, Telstra a bit lately. I thought um, I'll let you guys know.
2: I think it's a G up. I think it's crazy. Because how are you meant to get new customers if you're only letting current customers buy stuff? It's just ridiculous.
0: You know, you know what I'd
2: say? I'd say, listen, we, we, could, we could sit here and we could talk to – you know what I'd do? I'd go to the Apple store and I'd buy it on, a, on an interest-free from them.
0: Yeah, well, I'm actually thinking about just going down there and buying it. Um, but remember, it's a little but bit harder But remember to
2: get. with Apple – um you can buy interest free like you can do it all online you know there's an application yep. process and finance you gotta have good credit all that stuff but you've probably got all that you just just telstra stupid system has some you know flag against it or something of the like the yeah like so you could buy i think that they do and it's zero percent interest And I'm, I'm not selling it here to be clear i'm not giving financial advice or anything but
0: yeah um, i've looked at that in the past and they, they say it's zero percent interest but you look into it actually they they charge your account, keep them you an account keeping fee but tell you Five bucks a month, but it is. So I think it's better it.
2: advice than saying put it on your credit card, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, because that—that's often what I say to people is, look, you know what, the drama of it all, get a low, 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 low-use credit card and pay it off as quick as you can off that thing. You know, mm. um, honestly, it's just crazy. And buying stuff through Apple is, is, is pretty, pretty common in terms of uh, using their. Yeah, I, I just so, Yeah. I,
0: I just bought an iPad for my um for my wife actually through them and I just paid cash for it and yeah. um it was easy um and that's what I might do um but that's uh, just
2: crazy man I, I find that staggering I, I mean I will send it on to Telstra and ask them what the hell's going on but I just for me that's that point where you go Jesus Telstra what are you doing just and that's <laughs> that's when it's like you know what just go to someone else they 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 need to know this kind of stuff is what drives away customers.
0: Yeah, exactly. That's the reason why I thought I'd be interested to tell you guys because um, I know you got um, uh, you talked to the PR people of Telstra and I um, and, uh, thought you uh, was just a funny story because I thought oh, that's
2: it's just crazy. ridiculous. I just th- yeah. You'd never think you'd hear such a thing, would you? <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, mate. Yeah, well, anyway. I will, I will. if you don't mind, I'll forward your email on to Telstra and just say, listen, you might have lost a customer here, people. Yeah, yeah.
0: I'm more than happy for you to let that, get that through and um, uh, it's good to talk to you.
2: Good on you, mate. Thanks for getting in touch. And, no worries, um, if you've had a shocking experience like Michael I mean Telstra and that's that thing customer service right that's the biggest problem is customer service you've got to get that right or you lose people and you lose people fast so uh, simple things go wrong and, and that's what happens anyway uh, I will forward that on to Telstra but I, have a, I suspect Michael will just buy that uh, quickly somewhere else Now, I won't spend too long on this because I, I figure we'll probably talk about it a bit on the Two Bucks Talking Tech, if not this week, then next. But um, the Xbox Series X and the PlayStation 5, both out this week. Xbox out today, PlayStation on Thursday, 799, 749, uh, PlayStation and Xbox respectively. Um, they're awesome. Game load times are mega because the solid-state drive games load not almost instantly. They still take a while to load into memory, but it's... I think in my review of the Xbox, I said it's instead of being able to go and go to the bathroom or make dinner, you can now just go and grab a drink from the fridge and come back and it's ready to go. Um, And I noticed that most with Forza Horizon, for example, which we play a lot. But from an Xbox perspective, like it's a super powerful device and over time we'll see some amazing graphics come out of it. But it was still the same gameplay experience for me. Whereas the PlayStation 5 was was overwhelmingly new. Not just this crazy new design, which I've really grown to love, but the controller is now called the dual sense controller. It's brand new. And it's all, it's completely been rethought. So you're playing a game and imagine, you know, if you're one of those people that kind of that tilts tilts the the controller when you're trying to steer a car, or pushes down when you're trying to go up. That the controller now reacts to those movements in certain games, and they built Astro's Playroom as an example of all those movements. The touchpad is is super multi-touch interactive. The the trigger on your on your finger can be like multi-level. It doesn't have to be just on and off, or you know tr- variants of the two. It can be multiple actual uses to the trigger. Um, the vibrations are immensely different and more unique all over the controller. They've just redesigned that experience and I think putting that into that controller makes it the pick of the bunch because they've really rethought the gaming experience and just wait to see how games adapt to that. It's going to be fascinating and fantastic. So for me, the PlayStation 5 is the pick of the two, but I think it would be very rare for someone to be going, oh, which one should I get? Because you're either an Xbox or a PlayStation person or household Or you're both. Now, if you're both and you're wondering which one to get first, get the PlayStation. Put your money into the PlayStation, then save your money for the Xbox. Um, That would be how i describe it. If you're also someone who thinks, Jesus Christ, it's expensive. The Xbox Series S is slim, uh, small, and, and has the fast load times. doesn't have quite the graphics capabilities, but that absolutely doesn't change how amazing it is. So... I, I wouldn't uh, shy away from the Series S as a great upgrade to pretty much any of the Xbox One generations. So um, those are my thoughts on the brand new new generation consoles that are launching this week. Um, videos uh, of what they look like are up at our YouTube channel and the full review of Xbox and PlayStation are up at eftm.com. Trevor along with you, helping you through the world of technology as it affects you directly, and uh, perhaps it's affecting other people the exact same way, which is why we take your calls. G'day, Jody. Hi. How can I help you?
0: I was interested in buying a gaming TV, but I was wondering what the best one would be to buy um, under
2: $800. Wow. Now, is this for you or someone else in no, your life doing my, a bit of gaming?
0: No, my son, not <laughs> me.
2: Um, and when you say TV, what's he hooking up to it? Uh, one's got an Xbox and one's got a PlayStation. Right. Okay. So, um, that's, that's nice and easy for them to not fight about things. They've got one each. That's good. And 800 is, is the budget, right? Yes. Um, now gaming's a challenge, right? Now I'll be very clear. They're going to complain about whatever you buy, um, (laughs) unless you spend couple of thousand on an lg which has a whole bunch of features uh called free sync or millisecond refresh rates all these amazing things that make gaming even better right mm-hmm. so just tell them to suck it up because you're buying them a new tv all right that's the first thing you need to do okay um, i would argue though are they going to use it for other things obviously it's just tv they're going to watch netflix oh, and stuff netflix. on it as well yeah. yeah Yep. so i've i've been like how often do they game is it a daily thing or a weekly thing uh, probably probably a weekly. Yeah. So I'm. Yeah. I class myself as slightly one one step below them. Not weekly. I try and game as much as I can, but I've never bought a TV specifically for the purpose of gaming. So, and I've frankly never noticed the issues that people report with TVs if they game every day. And those issues are things we call lag or, or refresh rate. So if you're if you're doing something on the controller, if it's two milliseconds later on the TV, that's a bad thing, right? It's crazy milliseconds we're talking here, uh, Jody. Don't yep. worry about all that. They're going to get a nice TV, and you're going to be able to get a decent 2020 TV for that price as well. There's two sense TVs in that price range. Uh, the yep. series, and the way Sense works is series five isn't as good as series eight, for example.
3: Okay. Yeah.
2: Um, so if you were to buy the series five 58 inch TV, it's not quite as good as the series eight 50 inch TV. So that's a size question, right? Okay, but, yep. But would the boys prefer something that's 58 inches over something that's 50? You know, it's a real – this is the problem is that challenging part of the whole thing where you go, well, I'd still prefer it to be just a bigger TV. <laughs> so, okay. But to be honest, at that price, you're not going to get much bigger than 55 inches.
0: Yeah. And well, I- the 50 S8 would 50. I don't think size – it's going going
2: in their bedroom, so, yeah, run with um, the fifty s eight. yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. TV. It's got Netflix and all those things built into it. Um, oh, it's a nice looking TV as well, just quietly, the the stand is is nice. I think you'd be very happy with that. It's a really good quality awesome. TV from Hisense, all right?
0: Awesome. Yeah, I've I've heard before you mention the Hisense and, yes, yeah, so I've had a look at the S5 and S8 and just wasn't quite sure which one on the, the gaming side. I know they'd be good anyway for, for watching. But Yeah.
2: Um, um, I'm trying to find quickly the refresh rate on it, but in the end it doesn't really matter because that, that's – that's kind of bang for your buck what you're going to get. It has a refresh rate of 100 hertz, which is pretty good. It's certainly not yep. slow like an Aldi. If you bought an LD TV, they'd notice.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. Awesome. Yep. Happy
2: shopping, Jody. Probably now's the okay. time to buy as well this next week and a half. Um, yep. Just keep your eye on stock levels because they'll sell fast, and, and it's Black yep. Friday next Friday, so – Expect some interesting deals, so maybe keep oh, your okay. eye on it over the next yep. seven days.
0: Awesome, thank right. you very much. No for your worries help.
2: at all. Anytime, okay. uh, if you like Jodie and you've got a tech question, happy to help. Always, um, everyone's unique with their needs and their, their individual questions, but um, often there's you know little intricate things we can all learn along the way. Happy to help anytime. This is the EFT podcast. Now, this one I haven't fully reviewed yet, so I haven't published this, but keep an eye out for it. I took the DJI Pocket 2 with me up to the Hunter Valley on the weekend for a little family getaway. And oh, I, I kind of never really have used it properly and understood its full features, even the original um, pocket. Uh, this is a, a a device that kind of, if you imagine you, you've got a, like a fist grip and you open it up a bit, <clears throat> the camera will slide, the, the body of the camera will slide into your, into your hand and the, the gimbal of the camera sits above it. And when I say gimbal, it means that it's stabilized. So if you shake your hand, the, the camera stays steady. It's beautiful. The new one is 4K resolution. It has new advanced features, but at a heart, it's just better quality. And I took it, <clears throat> um, we are at the Hunter Valley Gardens. We are looking for my mum. We are going to surprise her. Um, and I was literally walking quite fast. Not quite running, but walking quite fast. And the stable, the video was just beautifully stable. I published one of these on my, I think on my Trevor Long Facebook page, but I'm going to re-edit the video in 4K and put it on the YouTube channel. Um, the... There was a couple of things about it. the The light performance was exceptional because this was dark night with bright Christmas lights, right? So I thought that was a good setting for testing these things, and the stabilization was amazing. Um, I haven't quite nailed all the features, like following things and different stuff, but broadly, quality is exceptional. Now it's a, you know, not a cheap device, but and it doesn't really replace a GoPro. But I think anyone that's thinking, "Oh, a GoPro is a good thing to have, like for filming birthday parties and things." Probably not really. Like a GoPro is good for attaching to things. I don't think a GoPro is amazing for holding and walking around with. Um, Although, you know, the stabilization of the GoPro, don't get me wrong, is amazing. I feel it's fit for purpose best where it's attached to things. Whereas this is more about, you know, like filming yourself, filming the things around you. My daughter's doing a little vlog and it's pretty cool. She's using an older version. Um, Look, it's such a great camera. It really is. And I think it's probably underrated quite heavily. Uh, in the camera game. So I think it's well worth looking for if you're someone that travels a bit because it's a really great way to capture um, the the beauty of your travels as well as you know personal vlogging and stuff like that. It's got a little screen on it so you see it all happen. It's fantastic. So that's the DJI Pocket 2. Uh keep an eye out for that one uh, full review at EFTM.com very very soon. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Now, the other thing that is already up at AFGM.com, if you scroll back just a couple of weeks, a couple of days even, um, is the uh, Sennheiser HD800S 75th Anniversary Edition headphones. My dear Lord God, these things are beautiful. Just beautiful. Now, the HD800S are reference headphones, and they come in a kind of a greyish, kind of uh, dull silver uh, covering, uh, open, open-backed. Um, style of headphones so people around you can hear what you listen to they're not made for you know quiet areas um, they're made for hearing music as it was intended the 75th anniversary edition are the exact same headphones exact same price but in a matte gold or kind of brushed copper look i don't know how you describe it um and they are they're individually numbered so there's 750 of them and there's only 50, number 15 that i've got it's it was awesome to to hear them let alone um, have a look at them. Um, I struggled initially because there's no 35 mil jack for these things. There's a 45 which is for specific things and there's the 6 and a bit for your big big block amplifiers and stuff. So I actually had to get a headphone amp from Sennheiser um, and what I did was I took the digital output of my computer and I subscribed to Tidal, which is a lossless music streaming service. Um, high quality uh, audio, really beautiful uh, quality, master quality in many cases, if not hi-fi. Um, and they also have uh, music videos, by the way. My God, concerts and things, brilliant. I found them finally. Billy Joel live at Chase Stadium. The concert is on title. Um, and it's excellent quality to listen to. I, I'm not an audiophile, so it's a struggle to uh, really articulate these headphones. But let me tell you this um, I believe I was hearing the music more like it was ever intended. So, Behemian Rhapsody, a song I've heard on many headphones many times over many years, I, it was the same song. But I feel like the the highlighted items were very clear to me. A guitar highlighted in certain areas, a keyboard highlighted in certain areas, and not drowned out by other things which were kind of um, equalized to them. Um, There was no excessive bass. There was no excessive treble. There was no mids. This was just neutral, and that's the point of reference headphones. Um, If you're someone who wants bass, then you need to go and buy beats. But these things are for studios. The boys at the Robertson Brothers mentioned me and said, can we please have a listen to those things? Because these are the things that we'll hear how the music's going to be sent out, how people interpret it therein, they're in, whether they're using a Sennheiser, a JBL, a Bose, a Beats sound profile is, is up to them. But what you want to make sure is what you're hearing is what you want it to be. And so these were just magnificent. They are $2,599. They're not cheap. But most people would go, that's ridiculous. But here's here's my thing. When you retire and you think about how you want to you know, enjoy your retirement, i'm probably the kind of guy that will caravan <laughs> um because i'll probably be done with traveling the world by then but i definitely am the kind of person that can sit and listen to music i can just sit for hours listening to music uh, that's why i don't mind driving on my own just listen to music when you hear music done well man you just get a new appreciation for the artist the composer, the producer, everyone involved. It was really beautiful. It was really fascinating. And and I don't know if the store's fully open yet, but the Sennheiser store in Sydney, you can go to, and you, you can listen to those $60,000 headphones that Fennec and I talked about last year, or early this year, Jesus. Um, but you can also listen to the HD 800s, um, which are there with a music collection and everything to listen to. So it's a really nice thing. If you go into the city in Sydney one day, whether you're a tourist or you're working or you're shopping, just pop into the Sennheiser store on uh, Pitt Street, uh, just off Martin Place, Um, and just experience audio. It's a really beautiful thing to hear music as it was intended uh, and well worth listening to. That's the Sennheiser HD800S Anniversary Edition Headphones. Happy birthday to Sennheiser and uh, full uh, video and uh, detailed review uh, up at EFTM.com. EFTM. You're listening to the EFTM Podcast. EFTM. Trevor Long with you, helping you out with your tech questions. Whatever you've got going on, happy to help. G'day, Michael.
3: Hello, Trevor. How are you?
2: Good, mate. What can I do for you?
3: Okay, well, I I do some self help group for a, sorry, I do some help for a self help group uh, who've got a peer to peer network, and we're always having problems in uh, forcing the uh, Windows updates to happen because I've created a normal non admin user that they all use on the different computers, and they don't have access to the administrator one. I wanted to see if there's some way that I can force the all the win, outstanding Windows updates to happen when they turn off the computer. Not necessarily every night, if possible, but maybe if I specify, you know, when they turn it off on a Thursday, it'll go off and do all the all the outstanding updates. Or if there's a free third-party program that will allow me to do that for them.
2: Yeah. Look, it's um so. I mean, it's a bit nerdy because so you're obviously gonna need to dig into a bit here because it's not like Windows have in when Windows 10 first came out, it was horrible the, the the way it did updates. It was just kind of automatic and it would just restart in the middle of the day. But they've 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 really narrowed it down now so that you can pause updates, you can tell it your working hours, and all these different things. But for your situation, which is you know a lot more along the lines of. Um, very specific uh you know you want to do it on a certain way certain time um it's a touch harder so you will need as you said to do like a batch file or something like that look it's not something i've done in a very long time but a quick look online there are some reasonably good um user guides um from as recently as june this year which is great um okay but i just i man i I just don't know how reliable it'll be in terms of making sure that you know it happens at shutdown, for example. So you're going to need to dig a little bit, but it's a fun, like it's a fun thing to do. I mean, if I had the time, it, it'd be a fun one to, to dig into. But, you know, um, I don't know also whether it might need to run on an admin account too. That might be your biggest challenge. Uh, okay, um, yeah. But a Windows update doesn't specifically always need, you know, uh, admin privileges. It just might need it to run the batch file that will then run the Windows update.
3: Oh, okay. Right. Okay. I hadn't considered that. So that might yeah, be the only that, challenge you have. Yeah. It, it's just that an, uh, a number of times, uh, I mean, there's a couple of computers there that I haven't had any updates done since uh, back in June because... You are, yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know, like the time it was set up to do it, well obviously the computer was not and then obviously Windows didn't recognise that I didn't do it now it's my time to do it. So they're just all these outstanding things causing some sort of issues with their printers and scanners and other bits and pieces.
2: Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, look, I think that the the first port of call is there are some good guides online. Um, I just looked for batch, use a batch file to download and update Windows. Um, 10, which is fine. There's a really good update there at the windowsclub.com. Um, that, that oh, yeah. l- literally It literally gives you the, the text for a batch file, which is awesome. Um, yep. And then I think you could probably test that pretty quickly on a non-admin account to see whether that's going to work. And if that fails, you might need to look at how you run an admin account that will then schedule itself to run this batch file at different times. That's going to be the challenge if they're only <laughs> using the other account. So... Bit of, bit of playing around still to be done there, mate, I think.
3: Well, it'll keep me busy and stop me thinking about We've just got out of our lockdown down here in Melbourne, so that's why I'm driving down to see my sister for the
2: first time. Well, I am sure, I hope I hope she's going to be pleased to see you, mate. <laughs> all right. <laughs> she will be. Uh, good all stuff, right. All right, mate. You're a good man right, helping out like that, mate. And uh, hopefully it, it all comes together for you, buddy. All
3: right. And if I have any success, I'll just send you an email. Yeah, that'd be great. Did, just in case someone else uh, uh, has the same sort of issue.
2: Absolutely. Love to know how it works, mate. Good on you. Great, thanks very much, Enjoy Trevor. the drive, enjoy the drive. And uh, Melbourne doing so well down there. Um, like 11 days of zero cases, which is awesome. Um, that's not to say it's going to start like that forever because it comes and goes and yeah, so goes life. We're, we're all doing pretty bloody well here, though. But it's just awesome to see Melbourne people back out and about and allowed to travel within Victoria now and it won't be too long before uh, you can come here and we can go there. Uh, it's just Queensland that's holding out and Western Australia. God. Painful. Uh, but anyway, we'll be back to uh, Australian normal soon and then hopefully one day down the track we'll all be able to fly again. Uh, in the meantime, we'll wait for the borders to open and I'm looking forward to heading down to Melbourne and uh, and Perth myself just to just to fly again. <laughs> I'm just going to burn through the friggin' fly points because there are no other use to me. Anyway, uh, if you want to get in touch, go to the website, eftm.com, click Ask Trev and leave your details. We'll get you on the show. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast. Best. Taking your calls, helping you out with anything that's going on in your world. Gary's on the line. G'day, Gary. Hey, Trevor. How you going, mate? Yeah, real good, mate. What can I do for you?
1: Mate, i uh, recently bought a DJ Mavic Mini, which I love. Um,
2: how good is it? 40- I just took mine to the Hunter Valley with me. I've got a Mavic Air 2, a big one, yep. and the Mavic Mini. Oh, do you know what? I just find the Mini so much better. Simpler, easier, just buzz straight up in the air and off you go. Um, yeah, it's a great little device. What did you pay for it, by the way?
1: Uh, I got it for seven ninety nine. I got the Maverick Combo War kit. Uh, yeah, right. Saturday, perfect, which is pretty good. So, before that, I had a pair of bebop, which was uh six years old, but the batteries were ruined. And by the time I bought new batteries, cheaper to buy a
2: new drone, mate. That so, bebop was a, was a good thing six years ago, but gee whiz, we've come a long way.
1: Yes, we have. Uh, the reason I'm ringing, Trevor, um, I've just recorded a heap of footage on the bebop, got a uh, macbook went to import the footage via the maverick drone um apps via the iphone Mm. put on the macbook now all the footage i put into iMovie did a beautiful edit now when i went to export it it said the codex weren't supported so i've tried googling uh heaps of options everyone's telling me research is saying basically get a debut blah 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 so I don't know. have you come across that during your experience so
2: the only thing i i did on the weekend it wasn't via the dj mini but i was using the dj pocket their little you know little portable camera and it would be a similar problem in yep. terms of video file compatibility i found that um, when i was pulling stuff off the drone off the camera via the iphone it was it was not bringing them down in 4k there was change conversion there was a few things going on so yep. what i ended up doing was just going take the sd card out and put that yep. directly into the computer. Have you tried that?
1: Yeah, I've tried. It's still the same thing. Because the actual, the raw footage, because uh, as you know, it's only 2.7K. The raw footage is beautiful. It's when I um, actually got it converted, like, say, to 1080, like, for, like, a movie, That's it says um, the k unsupported by iMovie for some reason.
2: And so is this, can you see it at all in iMovie, or is it only when you try and export? No, no
1: you can see the whole film. I spent, like, an hour and a half, like, Doing all the beautiful scenery and music and titles and everything, and then when I went to kind of like export it, I even tried to export it like to a YouTube clip and it wouldn't do it either. What I've done, I just recently bought a Samsung Galaxy Tab S7 Plus tablet from Optus. Yeah. I even tried because I've got the I've got the USB-C um, adapter for the memory card. Yeah. I even tried that same thing didn't work either. So. I've I've done my research as I said. I just don't know what to do.
2: Well, uh, okay, now we have to obviously park the fact that you've already got footage, which might be you know h- hard to retrieve if we go down this next path. But have yeah. you also tried just changing the the settings? Is there a different record setting on the um uh, on the MAV on the mini?
1: Yeah, I've tried the mini uh, There's also a 1080p's wall. I've tried that. Same thing didn't work. Oh, what a pain! Well, obviously, I'm thinking... Obviously, I also think
2: it's amazing that it's allowing you to see it in iMovie, play with it, create a video, and it's only when you save or export the video that you get the error.
1: Yes, correct. So I'm thinking before I go and invest like a couple hundred dollars in a Adobe Movie Maker, maybe it might be like an alternate. So I don't
2: know. Adobe Movie Maker. I mean, the, here's, here's you know what you should download. Uh Black Blackmagic. Um, oh, okay. Black Magic Design is an Aussie company. Um, yep. they have software called DaVinci uh DaVinci okay. Resolve it's a free software because yep. you know they make their money selling hardware but this yep. this stuff works well with it I would give it a try in that first. Now, it's more advanced software, don't get yep. me wrong, but the concept with all video editors is the same. Layer upon yep. layer of video, audio, you know, overlay, transition. Like, it's not yep. rocket science, okay? You, yep. you can make it as hard as you want it to be. Yep. Um, so, mate, I would try DaVinci Resolve, right? D-A-V-I-N-C-I, DaVinci Resolve by Blackmagic. Okay. Because that's free. All right. If that doesn't work, then... What I do is I have a subscription. I have a monthly. I pay a monthly subscription for Adobe Premiere, which yep. is my preferred choice for editing.
1: But okay, it's also I hope that it goes you know,
2: a month. You'd want to be doing a lot of shooting if you're going to pay a monthly fee. Yep. All right, champ. Good luck, Gary. Give uh, Blackmagic a go and let me know how it goes. Well, Thank you very much. Thanks, Cheers, Trevor. Mate. No worries at all. Bye. And uh, cool to see someone enjoying their uh, their little uh, DJI Mini, which is a fun drone. There's a new one just out. I didn't want to kind of mention that to Gary right there, but. Um, although the p- price he paid, so with what DJI do is they, they sell a drone, but then you can buy a little pack, and I think I've got it for the Air Mini that I've got, which is a Fly More, and that comes with a little case and extra batteries. It's kind of a really convenient way to um to approach the the whole, um I guess, drone usage. If you have one battery, it's never enough because you want to fly more. Um, which is why it's called the Fly More Combo. Um, But the new Mini 2 is doing 4K video and stuff like that, so it'll be pretty epic, and I can't wait to send that one up in the days and weeks ahead. Um, If you've got a tech question or something's making you scratch your head like Gary was, uh, just get in touch. Go to the website, uh, eftm.com, and click Ask Trev. By the way, while we're talking headphones, which I mentioned earlier, Sennheiser, Um, I've got some new ones in. I've got a lot of wireless headphones, to be honest. Uh, These ones, though, are from Brooklyn. Grado. If you follow closely and you have followed for a while, you'll know um, I've visited Grado's labs in Brooklyn. And these are not made in Brooklyn because it's a different tool set, so they're made in China, but they're engineered in Brooklyn. They have the sound profile of Grado in every way, shape, or form, and they are beautiful. I'll bring you those again in the coming weeks. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading. If you don't mind, it'd be lovely if you left a a rating or a review of some sort, whether it's just tweeting me or uh, going on Facebook and sending us a message or whether you've uh, got the time to do it in Apple Podcasts, if that's your podcast app of choice. Um, It's always appreciated because, uh, hey, it makes me, A, remember people are there and and are listening. Um, But also, um, yeah, just it's a a nice little shot in the arm. Thank you for listening. We'll be back again next week. Apologies for not being here last week. My kids were sick. Sorry, I didn't say that at the start. My kids were sick. I was home. And you know, priorities and the priorities always mean family first. So, um, this show will always come second to my family. Um, and if we need to start traveling again, this show will also, I don't know what will happen to that <laughs> because, uh, traveling and podcasting together, not easy, especially in this format with, uh, callers and the like. Anyway, we'll worry about, it. we'll cross that bridge in 2022, I guess. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. EFTM. This is the EFTM Podcast. EFTM Podcast.